Welcome to the district. All of your local and state news in one place on WHIP Student Radio. Philly's number one college radio station. And welcome to the district. I'm Tony with my head today. <laughs> and a new person, Amelia. Holy crap. It's been like... Year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been, it feels like a year. It's been like a, a month. Close to, yeah, like three to four weeks around there. Yeah. Yeah, like looking at, um, yeah, no, like three weeks. So I, I, like, I, I feel obliged to like ex- explain myself or ourselves with the, with the delay. There, there was sports, apparently like all of the premier temple basketball sport things that happened took place on Tuesdays when we normally had the district. Mm-hmm. And then the past two Thursdays, um, there were like external radio things that came up that occupied all of the hosts. Um, and then the Thursday before that, there was a big protest in Philly that we had to cover for the crackdown. It was, it's been an adventure, but for those of you who are <laughs> tuning in tonight, thank you for, for coming back and having faith that the district would be here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Some of the true fans. Um, and of course, as always, this will be going up on the website as a podcast tomorrow. Should be if nothing if nothing crazy happens. I know we still have to get to the rational from yesterday. Mm-hmm. But uh so how are how are y'all doing this evening back on the district or on the district for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Um I feel like it's it's been a minute and I and I miss it, you know. Like I feel like I'm a little I'm getting back into the groove of things, especially cuz like we had break last week. Um but I'm I'm back and I'm better than ever and I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm better than ever, but I'm something. So <laughs> you're back. You're just here. Yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have nice breaks? Um I I did. It wasn't it certainly wasn't long enough. I know mm-hmm. uh, I just so I didn't even have that much homework to do. It was just, I spent so much time being so stressed before the break began that, like, I was just starting to come off of the, like, perma-stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right as I had to start doing the homework that I had to do for the break. Um, and then I just came back, and now we're, now we're stressed again. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. That sums it up. Yeah. I, yeah, like the first, it's always like that though. It's like right before break, it's just like everything is due like in my life. <laughs> um, so like I think like the last two days, like the Thursday and Friday before, I literally had like at least seven things due within like those 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once that was finished, I was like, whew. But like it still wasn't like a relief. It was still mm-hmm. like, I know that there's more <laughs> coming oh, yeah. up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that reminds me how like every every time we talk about this, I, I feel like someone always brings up, well, you know, there's only eight days left now. And it's like, <laughs> that doesn't help. There's so, like the whole, there's only eight days left thing. Yeah, I have eight days left to write like three papers, do a project, mm-hmm. post a blog post. We've got two crackdowns, a bunch of, uh, uh, just a, a bunch of live shows to manage yet, a bazillion news updates. Although, thank God I don't have to do all those anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, speaking of news updates, thank, thank you both for doing them. It's uh, Not a problem. There was, there Not was, a problem at all. There was once a time last year where the news update was like the same two people all the time. We have like a gajillion people now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's like a small army of just news updates. It's true. Yep. No, no, it's, fa- it's fantastic because if uh, for those of you who just listen to the district, the news department at WHIP does do other things. We've this got true. these news updates that play 
every hour at the 15-minute mark. And then we've also got these live shows. And then we've got our video production that happens every week. The Crackdown is on the website, whipradiotu.com. And some articles every once in a while. Had yeah, a few a over over break to to kind of space out the nothingness a bit. Mm-hmm. I guess cut into the nothingness. Oh, but in any case, I guess we can we can jump into our news. Fair warning: we we aren't going back through the the weeks that we missed to cover random things that have happened since then, just because there's it's too much, and then we won't be timely. Um. So yeah, so, sorry. What we do have, at least to start out with, is the Thanksgiving parade that happened on Thanksgiving, which was last week, which is why we didn't have a district last week or any districts. Um, The 6ABC Dunkin' Donuts Thanksgiving Day Parade celebrated its 99th year, which makes it the oldest such parade in the nation. Of course, it hasn't always been called the 6ABC Dunkin' Donuts Thanksgiving Day Parade. I'm pretty sure 6ABC and Dunkin' Donuts weren't uh, sponsoring parades <laughs> back in 1920. I don't think so. Uh, but there was a, a department store that was just east of City Hall on uh, on Market Street called Gimbal's that did, I believe, like sponsor and kind of put on the parade back in the 20s, starting in 1920. And it was used to kind of kick off holiday shopping, which I feel like... In 1920, that must have been fairly new, like yeah. holiday shopping as a thing. That's true. Yeah. Was was Black Friday a thing? I I don't know. Let me do a quick Google. Find, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the real question. Black yeah. Friday shopping. Oh boy, there were some other Black Friday things that were not nearly as fun as shopping. Um, the early in a shopping context. Oh wait, it oh. comes from. So this is Wikipedia. Let me find the earliest evidence, quoting Wikipedia here, of the phrase Black Friday applied to the day after Thanksgiving in a shopping context suggests that the term originated in Philadelphia, where it was used to describe, yeah, the heavy and disruptive pedestrian (laughs) and and vehicle traffic that would occur on the day after Thanksgiving. Well, that Um, sounds like the Philadelphia we know and love. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm just happy to hear that people have been annoyed by Black Friday all the way back to... And it never ended. Yeah. It's just continuously annoying. It was just just crap right from the beginning. Do we know what year? Um, So this, again, I'm pulling this off of Wikipedia, and this is one phrase cited to, like, four different sources. So, you know, maybe a a grain or a chunk of salt here. But... um, they're saying that the usage dates back to at least 1961. Okay. So right. so there was none during Gimbel's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. So it seems like Gimbel's Thanksgiving Day Parade, maybe it wasn't like a full-blown Black Friday yet. Maybe it was like, here's our Thanksgiving Parade, shop at Gimbel's. Yeah. Maybe it was like Gray Friday, like not completely there. <laughs> not, not quite. Like 50% opacity on yeah. our way. Translucent Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah gray Gray translucent Black Friday. Why don't we just make a bunch of different? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just change the holiday now. Yeah, you know, why not? It's that easy. Actually, no. We should probably just stick with Black Friday. Mm-hmm. But the um, so some highlights from the parade. There were twenty three marching bands from across the nation, fifteen balloons, sixteen floats, thirty performances, uh, from various musicians and stand-uppy things and just, I don't know, a, a smattering of uh, 
of Philly pop culture performances. Um, there was also the Grinch and other Dr. Seuss figures. Uh, Santa Claus, presumably the Santa Claus, because, you know, mm. Philly is serious business. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and perhaps more interestingly, there was Gritty. That's the best part, it was, it rather. Was, uh, it was his first Thanksgiving. Oh, that's, that's so right. wholesome. It's like a little baby. <laughs> really 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 just uncomfortable to be around baby yeah i like how we said it like <laughs> not undetermined what it is <laughs> i was gonna say like i don't know you know english has some uh, very gendered pronouns and i don't really know how to apply those to gritty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but hey but gritty's gritty so i was gonna say i just i guess we just have to call him by his full name mm-hmm. Gr- gritty what is this does he is it just gritty no i think that there i think he has a last name I could be wrong. Is Gritty a nickname? Does he have a full name? Hold on. Grittis. Grittis. Gritty full name. Um, I think it's just Legend has... Wait, there's like... There's legends around Gritty right now? Already? He's so new. I'm so confused. I heard that they already made like a Gritty holiday for the city of Philadelphia. Didn't they they pass that... uh, I think that they passed that legislation in October or something like that. Oh, wow. So don't quote me on that, but... (laughs) I think it's great how quickly the whole Gritty thing took (laughs) off. Yeah. Just because it was such a... Like, honestly, the Gritty is borderline offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Like the, like the Philadelphians though, just because like, I I feel like the whole there's there's a there's a meme or there's like a, a a frequent joke about just like Philadelphia the city being just like a gritty city, mm-hmm. um, and gritty like his whole entire theme is just being gritty as all hell, and yet people have just embraced it and love it. I, I, I think it's hilarious. It's true. I, I've never seen like like so much just immediate like satisfaction and like mm-hmm. I just love this so. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I'm here for it. He's not the hero that we wanted, but the hero that we needed. Mm-hmm. Is it, like, yeah, I'm getting that kind of vibe from uh, from it. Yeah, legend has it he earned the name Gritty. This is coming from the NHL website, uh, the Flyers fan thing. He earned the name Gritty for possessing an attitude so similar to the team he fought. Oh, that's lame. All right. Well, I should have read the whole sentence before I said it on air. That was... <laughs> you thought it was better than that. I thought there was going to be like so, some lore, you know, like some proper character building, yeah. like you know, Gritty in the he was discovered in like an ancient temple and like you know underneath philadelphia <laughs> eldritch beast i don't feel like it's that deep i don't know <laughs> i don't feel like it is but also i feel like it should be i should hmm. i should well in any case he was at the thanksgiving parade it was a bunch of fun one of the oldest in the country um i know i watched it briefly on tv but i was busy on thanksgiving eating food and talking to family as you should Which be was- yes which was nice. I know. Did you all get similar? Yes. Um, I went down to Florida to visit my family over there. Ooh. And uh, that was nice. I came back and I forgot it was cold. So um, that was awkward. But, um, <laughs> no, it was it was really nice just to have that break and to just eat a lot. I don't know. I, I love food just in general. But like to have a whole day where like I'm supposed to like eat a yeah. lot. It's like my like perfect excuse, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Congrats. <laughs> You have a similar, unless you don't want to share Thanksgiving stories. Oh, no. I think I ate my body weight in pie. But, um, yeah, made the family conversation tolerable. My grandmother tried to convince me to change my major to telepathy. <laughs> so, oh. 
Okay. That's a, I yeah. Temple offers that. Yeah. One. What would that? What school would that be? Um, I, I think that's the real question. I think that's more of like a Hogwarts kind of kind of thing than a than a Philadelphia yeah. college experience thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess you're right. Do you like pie? Pre- you said you you ate a lot of pie. Yeah, I ate my body weight. I don't like pie. Ooh. Really? I don't know. I just I just I think I, it's similar to like cheesecake. Like I don't like the the consistency of it. Oh. I usually don't. Pumpkin pie. Something about the pumpkin flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the consistency where I generally mm-hmm. do. Uh, but overall, the only pie that I'm really like like a ludicrous fan of is actually corn pie. Really? Which is a Pennsylvania Dutch, Pennsylvania Deutsch uh, recipe. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's actually pronounced Pennsylvania Deutsch. Everybody calls it Pennsylvania Dutch. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a pie made with hard boiled eggs, um, potatoes, corn, and it's got like a like a milky base, and you make it with like a thick doughy pie crust. And that's something that needs to be oh, tried. And corn. <laughs> yes. And it is it is delicious. It is absolutely okay. like it's it's my favorite food. That's great. We yeah, make- I think like it's one of those things where you say it out loud and people are like, Whoa, but maybe you try it and it's like well, it's the best kinda, thing. It's like a chicken pot pie kind of pie. Okay. But minus the like chicken and more corny corn. and potato. <laughs> I think we need to start cooking with Tony. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Although fair warning, I'm a trash cook. Oh yeah, that's right. You're not making this, right? Oh no, my my mom does. She makes fantastic corn pie. I'm someday I will learn how to do it. In fact, oh no, wait, I did make a corn pie once. How'd that work out for you? I think it went well, but it was like a very just glued to the instructions thing, and I forgot how to do it immediately after I did it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I know I'm a I'm a microwave chef. I know how to cook things in a pan. I can boil water. Mm. You know, anything that requires boiling water, I can cook that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of boiled water, you know, I overheard a conversation today and um, this lady, she asked for hot water to drink. Like, just she just wanted to drink hot water. It's really, really? random, but I just wanted to throw that out there because I was very confused by it. It's like not even for tea? Like it was just a... No, like no, no, no tea, no nothing in it. Just literally hot boiled water. That she she asked wow. for hot water. I'm so sorry to this lady if she's listening. I'm so sorry. It was just really funny. Oh, we're not in track. So strange and just weird. <laughs> Everyone has their thing though, no. you know. Hey, I respect that's, it. I see that's fine. Like I drink ice cold water. I don't really know why I do that. So it's, oh, I hate that. <laughs> I got it. Got to have it ice cold because then I can't taste all the all the chloride and fluoride and everything. <laughs> like that stuff's all in there generally for like public health and safety, but. Still doesn't taste great, at least uh, from a Philly tap water perspective. We do have to go to our first break. When we come back, we're going to have some uh, some thicker news to talk about. Uh, so please do keep it locked. You're listening to The District on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. We'll leave you all with a little bit of news updates, a little bit of ads, and some music. We'll be back after these brief messages. From WHIP News, I'm Maya Tejada. Today is Tuesday, November 27th, and this is your WHIP News Update. A woman was struck and killed by a septibus Monday afternoon. According to 6ABC, the incident occurred around 2 p.m. near the Frankfurt Transportation Center, the bus being a Route 5 septibus traveling westbound. The woman was 65 years old. She was pronounced dead at the scene. It is still unclear just how the woman was struck by the bus. Police are still conducting investigations. Creator of SpongeBob SquarePants, Stephen Hillenburg, has died at the age of 57. 
Nickelodeon stated in a tweet, We are sad to share the news of the passing of Steven Hillenburg, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Today we are observing a moment of silence to honor his life and work. According to ABC News, Hillenburg's passing is due to his battle with Lou Gehrig's disease. Hillenburg was diagnosed back in March of 2017. SpongeBob SquarePants began at California's Orange County Marina Institute, where Hillenburg was an instructor. He used the characters as a tool for teaching students. Hillenburg then developed the entirety of the popular show when he began working at Nickelodeon in the mid-1990s. From WHIP News, I'm Maya Tejada, and this has been your WHIP News Update. Welcome back to the district on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. And would you believe that over the break we were still talking about the hot water lady? <laughs> about, about the hot water lady. <laughs> I'm gonna let's say we're not we're not we're not trying to roast you. On no, the, on the off we're not trying to roast you. We're trying to boil you like your water. Ah. <laughs> um, it was right there. <laughs> could, could not. But no, like now, now I'm kind of curious though. Like I don't know, maybe the next time I get a hot tea, I'll I'll Just take some. Uh, was it hold the tea? Yeah, like, yeah. Hold, hold the tea, please. <laughs> yeah, when I get home, I'll try it out and see what happens. Let us know. And then I'll just put a tea bag in it and be like, this is terrible. Let me actually make this a beverage. Who am I kidding? I'm just going to go straight. Eat the tea tea leaves separately. Yeah. 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 Deconstructed tea. Just, it's like, that's that's out there. It's like eating straight tea leaves. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone did it, though. I always. Oh, yeah. I feel like that has to be a thing. It has to be in some New York restaurant somewhere. We're a country of 300 million people. There's no way that that's not a thing. Someone doesn't eat leaves. Then again, tea, tea leaves. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with what, <laughs> with, with what our next uh, with what our next story is. It's actually um, a bit of a, of an all around update on a story that we discussed back in in February. Actually, unfortunately, that episode of the district, to my knowledge, is lost to time um, because our our fantastic archival system is brand new this semester. Uh, but we did talk about how. Mayor, uh, not not Mayor Krab, Krasner, DA, right? I'm blanking on his position. He's the district attorney here in, I believe so. uh, in Philly. Um, DA Krasner ordered prosecutors to stop asking for cash bail for um, 25 nonviolent crime categories, including certain drug possession charges, um, driving under the influence, retail theft, resisting arrest, um, things like that. Which, I, again, some of those I, I definitely think could be arguable. But the overall point of this is that the way the existing cash bail system works, it essentially means there are significantly, significantly worse consequences for you just for getting arrested, not even being found guilty of a crime, but just for being arrested and going to jail um, if you are poor or if you're low income versus if you are rich, so to speak, or have a lot of cash on hand. Um, because if you're not familiar with how the bail system works in this country, uh, it's different from state to state. Um, and even, I think, in some circumstances from, like, county to county or district to district. But you will get hit with a certain amount of money that you have to pay in order to leave jail after you've been arrested on suspicion of a crime. Um and if you don't pay that amount of money, you don't get to leave. The idea being that it's collateral, and if you show up to court and everything's cool, I believe in most circumstances you get that money back um, if you pay that bail. The problem is is that it doesn't generally scale with income, 
So whether or not, and we'll we'll talk about a specific example of this um, in a moment, but whether or not you are making, you know, two hundred fifty thousand a year, we're having to pay, for example, ten percent of a fifteen thousand dollar bail, so like one thousand five hundred dollars cash. That is certainly painful. But if you are doing your financing, if you're making that kind of money, that is something that you should be able to pay. Um, which essentially means that going to jail isn't really a consequence for you. It's something you can get out of in like a day. Um, and then you just have to figure out some money stuff until you get it back when you're presumably found not to have committed whatever crimes you were thrown in jail for. Um, whereas if you are more poor, let's say you're making around the poverty line here in the United States in the ballpark of uh, like the high teens to like high $20,000 range, uh, paying that kind of bail can be a large chunk of your income. And that can be damn near impossible, depending on what position you're in. So this this system has been argued to just be heavily skewed against people who are more poor. And if you're in jail, like you can't go to work, you might miss important events in your life, you could lose a job. There's no protections in our country for losing your job while you're in jail but haven't been convicted of anything. Uh, all around, it's just kind of a crappy system. So, the new updates. <laughs> Malcolm Jenkins, a football player on the Philadelphia Eagles, helps who uh, helped secure actually a season-saving win yesterday. I don't know more details beyond that because I don't have a single freaking clue how sports work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, last week, he donated bail money for nine people to bail themselves out of jail. He recently secured a seat inside a Kensington nonprofit to deliver messages about the bail system. He's quoted as saying... Pretty much what we just talked about, the cash bail system punishes poverty and nothing else. If you're wealthy, you buy your way out. And if you're poor, you stay in jail. He made that statement at a Monday morning press conference at Impact Services, another nonprofit that helps former inmates um, get back on their feet. This was quoted in WHYY. So before we jump into more updates and details, what do you all think about about this uh, this policy of trying to get rid of, or at the very least, change cash bail. I think that it's it. Um, I think it's definitely something that I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm here for. Um, I think the only tricky part about it is defining kind of what crimes um, mm-hmm. would not need cash bail like you like you had stated earlier some of the whether it's drug possession uh driving under the influence retail theft resisting arrest all these things could arguably arguably be like well that deserves bail and stuff like that i think that could be the only issue um and i think that might be where people are a little bit on the fence about this but i think the general idea though i think that is definitely great because obviously i mean the more money you have obviously in life it's typically a little easier but (laughs) um but obviously specifically if you are arrested that's you're gonna that's definitely um an easy way to get out of that yeah and it definitely targets i think no not i don't i i would say definitely certain groups of people are definitely highly affected by this and it's like how can one um when you're when you're supposed to have somewhat of like a fair trial or like a fair chance, how is it a fair chance when the sole basis is based on like kind of money, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a very big factor for many people. So oh, yeah. No, and I agree that we also need to provide more protection for those prisoners in those situations, like in terms of being able to keep their jobs if they are in prison, like and what happens to them in those situations because that's completely unfair in the system. And it's just, like you said, just crappy aftermath of something that's mm-hmm. clearly not working. Yep. It does more damage and it's one of those things where and like you have to keep in mind people who are in jail 
have yet to be convicted of a crime. They have yet to be found guilty. Mm-hmm. You can be, if I have the smallest amount of circumstantial evidence to suggest that a serious crime happened and I accuse someone of doing it, this is like a weird, I shouldn't be saying I, it's a weird example, don't do anything <laughs> awful like this. It's one of the worst things you could do to someone and you will go to jail. Um, but if you get accused of a crime, if, for example, I were to accuse someone of a crime, um, they can be thrown in jail based on an accusation. Again, like there, there has to be circumstantial evidence and stuff like that. They generally won't just, it's not like I can just point at someone and be like, you did thing, go to jail. But you can go to jail with much weaker evidence than you might be convicted with. Um, and oftentimes people will spend a night in jail when something happens, when they haven't committed a crime at all. Um, the problem is when you have a system that potentially leaves people in jail while they move through the very complex criminal justice system that gets people their trials and determines guilt, um, because that can lead to not like not just an overnight stay. Um, a story on the WHYY article on this topic, um, or actually a story was shared by a Philadelphia resident who uh, just actually took a full-time position last month with the Defender Association of Philadelphia, which helps people prepare for life after prison. Uh, LaTanya Myers, is who took that position, she spent nine months in jail and only just got out this past uh, February. Let me check and make sure it was. It was February. Mm, I might have to might have to confirm that. It was either February or, or more recently November. 90% sure it was February. Um, <laughs> it, was in, it was in the article. It's just snuck out of my notes. Um, she spent nine months in jail because she didn't have $1,500 in cash for a $15,000 bail to bail herself out. And of course, once she was in jail, there aren't really ways to raise that money unless you have family to bail you out. But that, like, that's, that's not a given, and you can't count on that. Not everybody has family that can just... Oh yeah, here's fifteen hundred dollars to to bail you or behind out of jail. Um, she had a job as a security guard at the time, and she was barely scraping by. Again, like not fifteen hundred dollars, just ready to go to deal with something like this. She was arrested for allegedly breaking into a Center City apartment that she shared with her girlfriend at the time. Um, but she was acquitted of all charges when she finally went to trial, a process that took nine months. She was found to have not committed the crime. So she lost not nine months, nearly a year out of her life because she didn't have enough money to pay for bail. For someone who had more money, the only differing quality between her and someone else might be in the situation. If someone had had more money, they just flat out would not have been in jail for those nine months. Probably would have been like a day to a week mm-hmm. tops. Mm-hmm. Um, it's crappy. And when she, so she was talking about the kind of stuff that she missed. She mentioned that she missed the start of her college career. Um, she missed two family funerals, including one for um, an aunt who actually raised her as a child. And uh, just really kind of messed with her. So she mentioned that she thinks that, she can, that we can't be giving people bail. That takes up the overwhelming majority of their income. And I agree. With this particular um, proposal that's happening, um, is there like an alternative to the cash bail? Are they presenting so that? That's what I'm not sure of. I know, so they're phasing out this uh, this old system, and let me... 
because i think i think obviously i think we can all agree like yeah maybe the the, the system should change in that aspect but then what's mm-hmm. the alternative to that or um, what's the current system for determining how much the bail should be set at it's based on the crime not so much oh, okay. based on people's income um or at least that's how i that's how i believe it is in most places in the u.s that may be different here but i'm quite sure granted this is coming from my uh my knowledge from taking a law class here at Temple, so that, that might be more of a nationwide thing. Uh, but generally speaking, I know these are set by prosecutors based on the nature and violence of the crime, based on how much of a danger you're considered to be, but not so much based on your income or what you, what you're actually able to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't get weighed in quite as much. It does in the case of very high-profile crimes. Like If you're a multi-multi-multi-millionaire and you murder someone... They might slap you with a $5 million fine, not a $5 million fine, but like a $5 million bail to keep you in there. But it's not like they're going to slap you with a $500 bail if you're only making $15,000 a a year, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, Myers, I think I want to mention this, but she was released last November, turns out, not February. There we go. That was was just off. Um, Think about February because that's when Krasner changed this stuff. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm not sure what the alternative mm-hmm. would be. I could imagine there could be rules for taking people's income into account. Yeah. Granted, that might be hard to do if it's difficult to assess what someone's income actually is. I feel like that could present a whole bunch of, like a mm-hmm. whole set of new issues. It could be something where they take like potentially assets into account or where it can become maybe um an, aggra- an aggravating factor when you do get sentenced where, like, if you skip bail, you're saying, hey, immediately five years on top of whatever you give me or this much more of a fine on top of whatever. Granted, that could have problems of its own. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but at the very least, that would give people a chance to bail out of a situation and incentive not to run. Though arguably that could be incentive to run. So, like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do agree, though, that it would need to have something. Because when they were saying that, like, some of, the, some of the crimes are taking away bail for things like DUI, like, DUI is something where I don't want to potentially ruin someone's career or life, like, right off the bat by slapping them with a, with a nine-month, you know, pre-trial jail sentence. Not that that was not what Myers was in jail for, but um, just as an example, um, that doesn't seem particularly productive. At the same time, though... If someone has a problem with DUI, there is something to be said for not releasing them to the public. Like, they could be a danger to the public, especially if they're allowed to keep driving. But, like, you can suspend a a license before. Yeah, I agree. So, I don't know. It's murky, but I do think the clear message is that something is wrong with with the system that does exist. But some super quick statistics before we go to our next break. Since those changes were made in February, the county's jail population um, has decreased from around 6,500 to around 5,000. So it's been about a 1,500-person decrease. That's been enough to allow for the planned 2020 closing of a jail in northeast Philly and to save taxpayer money all around. So definitely doesn't seem like like a bad idea. In any case, though, we do have to go to our next uh, brief break. I've got a sports update for those of you who are into sports and then a little (laughs) bit of music before we come back and talk more state and local news and politics. Keep it locked. Y'all listening to (laughs) 
WHIP with the district on WHIP. We're Philly's number one college radio station. It's half past the top of the hour, and here's your WHIP Sports Update. Hey, sports fans, I'm Chris Kovsky, and this is your sports update for Tuesday, November 27, 2018. On Monday Night Football, the Texans had an emotional win over the Titans, 34-17. The Texans' eighth straight win came a few days after their owner and founder, Bob McNair, passed away. The Texans are the first team in NFL history to win eight straight games after starting the season 0-3. Some injury news from around the NFL. Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton will miss the rest of the regular season with a right thumb injury. The injury occurred during the Bengals' 35-20 loss to the Browns. Chargers running back Melvin Gordon is considered week-to-week with a grade 2 MCL sprain he suffered in the Chargers' win on Sunday. He is unlikely to play this Sunday against the Steelers. The Jaguars fired offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett on Monday and announced the team will start quarterback Cody Kessler over Blake Bortles this Sunday. To the MLB, where the Atlanta Braves signed two veteran free agents to a one-year deal, slugger third baseman Josh Donaldson and catcher Brian McCann. To the rink, where the Flyers on Monday fired GM Ron Hextell, who's been the team's GM since 2014. The Flyers this season are 10-11-2. Today's weather on Broadview will be cold with a high of 43 and a low of 34. And with reports at half past each hour, this has been Chris Kosky reporting for WHIP Radio, Philly's number one college radio station. And we're back here at the district on WHIP, Philly's number one college radio station. We jazzed it up, and I'm not Tony. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretend Tony. Surprise. <laughs> um, this is Maya, but I have Tony and Amelia with here with me. Um, so we're talking more news and all that jazz. So that's what we do. And there is this new app that we're going to talk about. It's a new app that connects food that would otherwise go to waste. So it connects food to those that uh, need food. Um, I should say that. And the app is called Food Connect. It was created by uh, Mega Kulshreshthra. I definitely butchered that. I apologize. Um, Who grew up in a household where money was a little scarce. And um, as she grew older, she realized that the amount of food she would waste at restaurants was just quite ridiculous. So she decided to create an app. And basically with the app, um, you download it and... um, the RHD Progress Haven in North Philadelphia, they take the excess food from restaurants, grocery stores, and just also local people, um, and then they bring it to a couples-only homeless shelter, and then the food is then incorporated into a meal plan for the residents of that homeless shelter. So um, again, it's an app, and it's being used daily, and it generates roughly around 12,000 meal, m- meals a month, and um, also those who use the app and donate um, receive a tax deduction. So um, I actually downloaded the app before before starting the district, and it's actually so very, very easy. Um, basically, you just put, like, your location, then you put, like, what vehicle they should use to pick up your food. So if you have a lot of stuff or a little bit of stuff, and then you put your address, your name, and your contact info. And I think, like, the premise of it is actually it's pretty genius, honestly. Yeah. So. They like they thought of everything with that. So is this, <laughs> I, I assume this is, like, excess food on the on the restaurant and person level but not so much the like individual incomplete meals yeah Yeah. that's what i assume because i also was like i hope this isn't like somebody's like leftover that was in their mouth i I, I hope it isn't but at the same time yeah if there was an app that even did that Mm -hmm. that kind of waste also astounds me yeah Um, yeah generally like i like even even my own i know as someone who eats fairly small portions most restaurants unfortunately don't give you portion size control. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Red Robin, one of the few that <laughs> <laughs> just, I always think of them because they're one of the few that lets me get a petite size burger. 
Oh, um, I've actually never eaten at Red, Red Robin. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. They've got they've got solid burgers. That's cool. I haven't been there since I've been twenty one though, which is a shame. Oh. But um, <laughs> but they uh, yeah, they allow you to do portion control, but most don't. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I often will have a ton of leftovers. And, like, sometimes I'll just carry the food with me and, like, give it to a, a homeless person or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if there were a way to, like, if there would be people who would literally pick up half-eaten leftovers and take them to shelters, I don't know how realistic that would be, but that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I assume mm-hmm. this is less that and more just excess, like, packaged food and stuff. Yeah, and it's specifically within, like, the Philadelphia region, so um, I think that that's pretty awesome. Um, even, like, right now, though, I, I will admit I had leftover Chipotle, and I was concerned about the sour cream and how long it had been out, so I, I just threw it away. But, like, you know, like, I think many of us are guilty of just, like, excess food or even, like, food, like, in our own homes, like, in our pantries. I'm sure yeah. I have, like, a box of pancakes that I've never opened before, just, like, sitting somewhere in my pantry. <laughs> so many things from a from a food perspective we're a society that focuses very much on individually packaged things yes um or individually prepared meals whereas in the in the past it used to be that you would kind of go to places and buy things i don't know if wholesale is the right word but like you would literally go with with bags and like burlap sacks and stuff and just fill up your you know your bags and things with whatever it was that you needed the way we do things now there's like a standard size for most things and if you eat less then the rest just becomes mm-hmm. waste um i know that happens like i said to me frequently mm-hmm. uh, but i feel like it happens to most people i think um what's interesting about this particular app i think um, when it comes to like donating and just generally i think thinking about other people who might um, be suffering in some way, whether it's hunger or homes or, you know, et cetera. I think it's interesting that this app makes it very easy so you don't really have to do much. So I think it's kind of um, it's kind of unfortunate, but like very fortunate how it's so easy to just like put it in your app, not really lift a finger and then have someone come to your house rather than you go and donate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a very interesting thing. I love that factor, but I'm also like, it kind of sucks that people can't just get up and do it on their own, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it does because it 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 makes it take more um, more effort and coordination. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do think with uh, especially with like charitable ventures and stuff like that, it is important to remove all barriers to getting involved. It's unfortunate, but oftentimes the the individuals or the companies or whatever else that are that have the most stuff to donate also have the thinnest bottom lines where they are not willing to do crap. Mm-hmm. to transport excess food and stuff like that where it has to go um, unless it is done for them, which mm-hmm. is silly in my opinion. But if that's what it takes to get them to actually donate this food, then, you know, I guess we got to do what we got to do. Yeah. So, I hope, I, I wonder if it's going to be brought out to like a larger scale, not just Philadelphia, because that would, that would be really awesome to kind of see it expand. Yeah. And hopefully if it does go to a larger scale, then we can remove that whole need to have someone do the hard work for you within it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it's working for right now, then. Yeah, I think I think even though it is like that unfortunate, like humane aspect, I think it is very smart, though, because obviously and I was reading like the reviews on the apps and and, mm-hmm. and it, it is doing pretty fairly well from my understanding of the brief research that I did. So I think that if it's something simple as just not you doing the work, I mean, like, having someone else pick up the food, then, like, hey, I'm for it, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it just removes those barriers to entry for people who might want to donate stuff but can't find the time or whatever else yeah. in their day to actually go and do it. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see this all over the country. Mm-hmm. I would, too. Um, especially anything that can help 
homeless shelters and stuff like that, especially mm. during the winter months. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. This kind especially. of stuff is important. And it would be interesting to see it on the individual level like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Especially with something like Cheesecake Factory. I'm thinking of how, because you could oh. probably get like three meals out of a portion like that. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's almost all the time, actually, that I have. Uh, every time I've gone to the Cheesecake Factory, that's been something that I've done. Is I've taken the extra food and generally given it to someone because they give you so much food. That's true. So portions much food. are huge, and it's great food. Mm-hmm. The portions are massive, and that mm-hmm. would definitely be. Man, like, I don't know how that could be done as efficiently as possible because with already prepared restaurant food like that, it's not something that you can freeze and reuse later. It's extremely perishable, mm-hmm. so it would have to be something that like maybe was used to supplement the the i'm trying to think of like like the the most heavily impacted or heavily populated homeless shelters or something like that at like peak hours or something like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and of course orchestrating something like that would probably be extremely complicated so that's probably why it hasn't happened yeah um nevertheless it would be nice to see and i also was reading the reviews and apparently they um they keep uh, like a receipt that you can then use for like a tax reduction Mm -hmm. deduction not reduction, same, yeah. But um, I think that's interesting too. I like that. That actually I reminds me, I have to, I have to get one of those receipts from a <laughs> from a nonprofit thing that I helped out with a while ago. <laughs> you can get you can get really awesome tax reductions for doing charitable things. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out for anybody who needs a tax reduction and does charitable things. Have them write you a letter. Also, I'm not a financial person, so I have no idea what that letter is called or what goes in it, <laughs> but I know it exists. Just say, I want a letter. Yep. Say, I want a letter to make my taxes smaller because I do charitable things, and um, hopefully they will understand whoever <laughs> whoever or whatever service does your accounting. Or... Tell them Tony sent you. <laughs> yeah, tell them Tony sent you. No last just name, <laughs> no affiliation, just Tony. Just Tony. Um, they ask who to say the one with the deep voice and... <laughs> but ah got it <laughs> yeah oh they'll think you're talking about the tiger um <laughs> in any case our last story for the day giving y'all a, a bit of an extended weather forecast a bit of a of a heads up november is well on its way to being i should say this november is well on its way to being the uh the rainiest or i should say the wettest november in philadelphia history um, 2018 is actually already the fourth wettest year on record for Philadelphia overall. Um, by the end of the year, it's almost definitely going to be in second place. Granted, records have only been kept since 1871, but that's still a pretty... That's a long time. Yeah. That's, that's long enough. Um, but with regard to this November, we're at 9.03 inches now, which is three hundredths of an inch from the record, 9.06 <laughs> inches as measured from the Philadelphia International Airport. Um, this month's rains might well have a connection with the burgeoning El Nino, uh, which is a periodic anomalous warming in the tropical Pacific. Um, this is coming from philly.com, by the way. Um, so we're looking at an El Nino, I believe, or at least the potential for an El Nino in the Pacific. Um, and that sort of weather during this time of the year tends to move from east to west, generally speaking. Uh, sea surface temperatures out that way right now are about two and a half degrees Fahrenheit above the normal over many thousands of miles of ocean. By the way, these El Ninos have been getting more common with climate change. Just kind of have the cough, 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 <laughs> sniffle, sniffle. I don't know. Um, 
yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be seeing more weather like this. Woohoo! Uh, but yeah, sea surface temperatures are a little bit higher. That's why we've been seeing more storms kind of fueled by this weird tropical thing we've got going on. And this uh, data comes from again Philly.com, but they're also citing the government's climate prediction center. So we've we have had very wet Novembers like this before. Uh, the last ones were in the seventies. There was the aforementioned. Well, there was one in nineteen seventy two around this time, and in 1977, um, both of which were preceded by El Nino-influenced uh, winters. This, or both of which I, sh- I should say preceded El Nino-influenced winters. What's interesting is that the winters that followed these ones were both extremes weather-wise. The one that followed 1972 was the only winter in Philadelphia history with no measurable snow at all, which is not what this one's looking like so far. The other November was Philadelphia's snowiest winter at 54.9 inches, um, or at least one of the snowiest winters. It looks like there was another snowier one by about half an inch in the late 1800s. Um, We've had much more we've had much more uh, precipitation up until this point than there were in either of those winters. So the the big takeaway here is that we might have a freaking crazy winter, mm. and we've already had Never a very wet November. I feel like it's, with um the storm that happened like two Thursdays ago, roughly like roughly two weeks ago, right. like I feel like it was like a panic then, but it mm-hmm. also came at a very unexpected time. But I feel like that was just kind of maybe that was like Mother Nature's like this is what might happen yeah. in like a month. Like <laughs> She's just teasing us. Yeah, a warning shot for Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was weird. It was that was really weird. Because they were calling for it, and I feel like in Pennsylvania you kind of get used to. Every November, there's always a storm where there's like, it's going to snow, and like, you know, everybody freaks out. And usually it does. You get like, you know, three, four inches, and it's, you know, the roads are bad for a little bit. Um, and then because it's November, like a day or two pass, and then it's then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas that storm, we got like eight inches in Philly. Yeah, we got hit. Of like snow, slush, ice, snow, sleet, snow, mm-hmm. like all on top of each other. And I know, especially up north a bit in Allentown, they were looking at like 10 inches, a little bit farther north. They were looking at like a foot mm-hmm. up in like mm-hmm. Schnecksville. Um, and that was that was out of nowhere. It was interesting to see. Um, I, I feel like I always say I'm from New York on here, but like back home. Um, <laughs> and New York. Just, I know. I, I just, I'm like, go ahead every single uh-huh. time. But um, back home, though, I know that like it just seemed like nobody was prepared for it. Like the city itself, like the, there was, I believe there was like a 20 car pile up on the George Washington bridge, which goes, connects Jersey yeah. to New York. Right. And um, yeah, there was just that, but that was not even like the only mm-hmm. incident. Oh, there were people stuck on 78 again, mm-hmm. like up by Allentown mm-hmm. who were, they were on that highway overnight. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. when that all went down, my dad's uh, work commute, which usually takes him eh, like 20, 30 minutes, sometimes like 40 if the traffic's really bad. Took him two and a half hours, and that mm-hmm. was before it was completely shut down. There was people that had that they abandoned their cars just because yeah. the yeah. traffic was so bad. They just like I guess walked across the bridge back home. <laughs> yep. My mom was trying to get home from a doctor's appointment, and she ended up having to sit in the parking lot for nine hours. Oh wow! Just because it was so bad trying to get out of there, and there was so much traffic going on that she couldn't leave. Mm. So she just sat in her car, cold and alone. Well, she had That's, she had a very thorough oh, doctor's yeah, appointment. She did. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you made it home. Yeah, she's good now. <laughs> That's good. 
presumably. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that is about all the time we have for today, though. So uh, definitely a heads up if you're in need of a new winter jacket, new winter boots. Uh, if you've got like if you're if you're a homeowner, you have to have salt for your driveway or whatever. Definitely stock up on that stuff for the winter. Make sure you've got a shovel. Make sure you're ready to, uh, you know, pile up on some non-perishables, maybe. Because this is looking like we might be having a pretty wet and cold one. But, like I said, that's all the time we got for today. Thank you all for listening to The District on WHIP. We're Philadelphia's number one, or I should say Philly's number one college radio station. And to leave you all, at least those of you listening live, with some Daft Punk. Lose yourself to dance. Happy Tuesday. Have a good night, y'all. <laughs>